Introducing the new way to play daily fantasy with Jock Market. That's Jock M-K-T. Jock Market is where daily fantasy sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. The NFL is now live. You can also jump into the NBA and PGA contests. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jock Market now in the App Store. The Android's coming soon. Welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Tuesday. There is a, you know what? There's a, there's a lot going on for a week where it wasn't like as crushing injury-wise as it was last week, but uh, we'll get into that. With me, it's Tuesday. Emory Hunt. What's up, man? What's going on, Nando DeFino? What's up, man? I'm just, have you deflated your head by 30 PSI yet as instructed in the comments section, or are you uh, going to do that after the show? I swear, man, the, the, you know, the internet has just spawned a whole new level of, of uh, e-courage <laughs> that people have. But, you know, what, what he didn't understand or, or he doesn't understand is me personally and why I have to do the things that I have to do. Yeah. Because he's actually know, part of the reason why you have to do what you got to do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine being me and being right on you know, Lamar Jackson being right on a guy like Tariq Cohen when people that Well Lamar evaluate, Jackson, let's be honest, he sucked last night. So let's not Yeah, yeah, he sucked yeah, last fine. night. So they should give he should give his MVP award away. Um it's RG three season. Exactly. Right. They figured him out. So imagine me had being right in that capacity, being right about these prospects, and yet here I am talking fantasy and I'm not a draft analyst, right? That right there is why that I sounds like do a slight on fantasy. Not a slight on fantasy, but you know, <laughs> know, it's just it's just you know, sometimes you got to take the shot when it's open. You love taking so, you fantasy is like your thing, man. You love this. It has it has gotten me like tremendous opportunity. So I love fantasy. I just hate the questions, the constant questions. Like you Ooh, know, I could be, I'd be like, yo, uh, man, I had a great breakfast this morning. You know, pancakes and eggs, and it was fantastic. First comment: half point PPR. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Robinson no the Dicks. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the questions today. Let's go. <laughs> Make sure you follow Emery at F Ball Game Plan. Uh, don't add, you know? Just you don't have to ask questions. You can just follow. <laughs> give him some. Give him some hearts once in a while. <laughs> um, on today's show, I want to talk about a little bit about the Bears, what they're going to look like uh, without Tarek Cohen. Um, we'll allow a victory lap on Darrell Henderson, but I do want to see what it looks like. What that Rams backfield is going to look like in like four weeks, because. They do have a couple other running backs who should be in the mix. I just want to see what the roles might be. If memory has any idea on that. Uh, you know, I got obsessed with Josh Malone a little bit over the weekend as all these Jets receivers were falling. May or may not have bought a couple autograph cards. Uh, and then he didn't do anything in the game. So we, maybe, maybe, maybe not get into that. We just got a lot of stuff. Um, let's start, though, with the Bears. Because Emery said, like, I, when we first started kind of, like, working together, it was, like, right before Tariq Cohen's huge breakout. Um, and you had called it and you had said it and you had a very, it was, I always mess this up when I try and repeat it. It was like, you can't touch what you can't catch. You can't tackle what you can't touch. You can't hit what you can't catch. You can't hurt what you can't touch. That was it. That was your Tariq Cohen analysis. <laughs> and you were right. And like that game, 
I think like that was his first game in yeah, the NFL. Yeah, like six days later, he went nuts and had like this huge game, and he was on everybody's radars. Um, and he made All Pro that year. So, so look at that. Uh, so you know, I just wanted you know, first of all, it must be crushing for you. Um, so, you know, to have him out for a year. Yeah, but at least he signed that contract, so he's paid. That's the good news. Uh, but I, I want to get into like what what does it look like post Tariq Cohen because. So we're doing it. We got a depth chart story that we do. And look, I might be wrong, but a guy in there was like, hey, you got to have Cordero Patterson as number two behind, uh, behind Montgomery. We had Ryan Nall there. I mean, it was Tariq Cohen and then Nall uh, and then Patterson because it seems like Patterson just gets like four or five carries a game and that's like, that's it. Um, and you wrote something really good in your column today where you said like, look, if he does more, that might take away his effectiveness as, you know, for what he's doing. Um, Artavis Pierce is on the practice squad. And the more I read about him, the more I like him. Uh, so th- th- let me just set the stage, and you just uh, do your thing. Go. And be Emery Hunt. Go. Well, I think for the reason why you saw Patterson do what he does is because of Cohen's uh, you know, place there on the team and, and Montgomery doing well and allowed you to throw in another you know, curveball into the mix in, in, in the form of Patterson. But you take Cohen out, and expecting Patterson to increase that role is just going to be fool's goal, in my opinion. Because he's not a natural runner. You know, he's good and can be serviceable, but he's a guy that you really have to create lanes and space for. He's not a traditional runner that can work front side to back side, meaning if the player is going front side and there's a cutback lane, he doesn't have that natural innate ability to cut it back and pick up that yard, pick up those those extra yards or plus yards or chunk plays or chunk yards. Um, but for him, if you give him a, a tall sweep and it you know, where he can envision a kickoff return or a punt return, he can thrive there. But that makes you predictable by personnel. So when he's in the game, you know, okay, they're going to try to go outside with, with this guy. That's what I was saying when, when I brought up why you can't give him more because he's just not that guy to, to handle more, which is why you create an opening for Pierce, who's on a practice squad, who's, who's quick, who's fast, who has some, some straight line speed. So he gives you a little bit of what Cohen does. He doesn't have the explosive agility that he does but he has the speed um so he adds that element to it he can catch the ball well so that's another element that he brings to the table um like cohen so he can work in in unison that's if they call him up and so you have to look at who's already on the roster and ryan Null out of uh, oregon state who's a really good back um who can catch the ball well who can you know run in between the tackles so to speak but he's more like dave montgomery so do you want to they lose the element of Cohen combined with Montgomery and Patterson with Null. So it makes you think they're going to call up Pierce, but we have to see. But right now, um, if you had to bet on someone, you probably would stay away from the backups in that in that capacity. Is I mean, Ryan Null, to me, it seemed more like a full, like a fullback-y kind of guy than like a running back too, right? No, don't. don't uh, how dare you stereotype? No, I know. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to stereotype him. He worked out. He was a fullback for. Wasn't he fullback in the in the preseason? No. All right. But they. But you know, because Ryan Null's complexion, they always want to make him a fullback. But when you go watch him at Oregon State, this dude could break long runs. You know, he he has a good running ability. Um, he tested well at the combine. And you know, I talked to him at the combine. There's an interview out there on Twitter with me talking with him. At the combine, is that about on YouTube? That. Can they get that on YouTube too, or is it just Twitter? No, it's just on Twitter. I think I tweeted right. it out. Um, combine moves so fast, you just got to get the content out, right? And um, 
he talked about that. He was like, you know, and he's good as a one cut downhill runner because he has some good acceleration, but he doesn't have the wiggle like, you know, a Montgomery even, you know, he's more, he's, I hate using the term, but that's how I can get people to, to see it. He's more Jordan Howard than he is, you know, a, a wiggle guy. You know what I mean? He's like one cut downhill. If he, if there's a lane, he has good acceleration to rip off a chunk run. Gotcha. Hey, you know, you brought up Jordan Howard, not me this time. Uh, I love talking about this Miami backfield. It looks like Miles Gaskin is kind of taking it over. What happened? They're like what, Matt Breda is just like almost almost a non-factor at this point, and Jordan Howard seems to be losing his grip on everything. Is this going to be Miles Gaskin, or is it you know is this maybe in a couple of weeks they might have figured out Miles Gaskin and we go back to Jordan Howard? How do you see that playing out? But yeah, that's tough. But I mean, you have to you can't knock what Gaskin did uh, in, in, in his opportunities, you know, he's running with good vision. He has good busy feet. So he's going to get himself out of a jam a lot of times and he's keeping the offense on pace. And I think because he's productive in that regard and, and not, um, as volatile as let's say a, uh, Matt Breida, who's either feast or famine, you know, that's why he's getting the consistency of the carries. So I would see it being Gaskin, Breida and Howard, um, Damn, I can't believe I'm saying this. Howard by the goal line. Oh, you love that, man. There is such a thing <laughs> as a goal line back, uh, true or false. Oh, Emory's greatest hits. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a, you know, I, I really thought it would be Jordan Howard. Like, I'm like, oh, Jordan Howard's going to take uh, Matt, Matt Breda's carries. He's going to be like the guy. He's going to get 17, 18 carries a game. And then just Gaskin threw a major curveball. Like, he last year he didn't seize this opportunity yeah and and that's the thing they brought him in you know and made a big deal about it only for him not being the guy but shout out to miles gaskin because you know he saw he saw a crack in the door and he burst through it and and now he's become the guy and and you know granted he's wearing 37 so you always he always has to work extra hard to you know to overcome that but you know he's done a good job so far in his uh his you know this season uh, let's move on to another backfield, which uh, you, you're becoming associated with, the Rams. Uh, excellent call on Darrell Henderson. That, I mean, we've, we've talked about it here. You've written about it. I, I don't think we have to go over it again. Um, I will allow a victory lap if you want to take a quick one. Uh, but look, not to rain on anybody's parade, but you know, Cam Akers is probably going to come back. He's not going on IR for the whole year. No. Uh, and Malcolm Brown is still there, although he seems to me – more like a goal line back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like everyone, everyone has the right to get very, very excited about Darrell Henderson right now. But, uh, I mean, is this a situation where, you know, the coaching staff's going to say, all right, well, you know, we, we kind of built this team, though, for like a two-headed, three-headed running back where you don't know what's coming at you. Or are they going to say, uh, you know, might as well just keep running Henderson out there as much as we can. How, how is this going to be? And, like, what's it going to look like in, like, week seven when everybody's healthy? Let's say when everybody's healthy, it's going to look like Henderson, Akers, and Brown throwing in for variety. Um, because when you look at the yards per carry average, I know the deep analytics guys will say you don't focus on yards per average. You're supposed to focus on plus minus CPOE, DVOA, APA, AFC, whatever the, the acronyms they, they create, right? But the point is, yards per carry matters. And right now, Henderson has 5.7 and Brown has 4. And when Akers was getting carries, it was only 3.1. So Henderson is the most explosive back and Henderson gives them an opportunity to be explosive in the run game, not just good in the run game. I think Akers and Brown give them the ability to be good in the run game. 
but Henderson gives them the ability to be explosive. And so you saw it against Buffalo. There are you know, just series of chunk plays. And, you know, and so let's say for a running back, these chunk plays in that game I'm talking about was between like eight and 20 yards. So he has a series of those plays. So it doesn't take him long to get to that 100-yard barrier. And when their passing game is clicking and now you have a, a, an explosive threat in the backfield, what they're doing is recreating what we saw with a healthy Ty Gurley. So that's why Henderson, for me, was the option, the only option to start um, in that in that backfield. And he got hurt in, in training camp, which is allowing uh, Akers and Brown to get those reps early on. But now we, we saw the last two weeks as Henderson has gotten back healthier He's been the guy, the go-to guy, and you know that was topped off last week with him. What twenty-one carries, I believe. So that's that's something that people twenty carries, and that's something that people is going to have to uh, take notice to. Henderson has a chance to go sixty on, you know, just five carries as opposed to Brown and Acres, and that's why I think long term or for the rest of the season it'll be Henderson. Acres slash Brown, you know, depending on who's healthy and who has a hot hand, but they want to get Acres in there because Acres does have some ability, but you know, he doesn't have that explosive element like Henderson does. This must kill you because you wrote a really good column on you wrote like a thousand words on Cam Acres being yeah. the next day Elvin Kamara. Right, because he can catch the ball. Uh he's a good receiver. And I'm not talking about your standard running back option routes like your your swing, your flares, your uh flat routes and you know, uh, screens, this is the guy that you could line up outside, damn, in the slot. And you can allow him to <laughs> – What is to, going on today? I don't man? know. Today is wacky, man. You could allow him to go downfield and run routes against linebackers on those Texas routes or those option routes, and he can do really well. So I do like Akers. I do think he can be an Alvin Kamara type with this with this Rams offense, and then that's how I view him. It wouldn't surprise me later on in the season we see them, you know, expand their offense – and get both Henderson and Akers on the field at the same time. Man, so I was, I was at my in-laws on uh, on Sunday, and you know, you know the Italian way, Emery. Like it was just like it was a very long Sunday dinner from like right. you know two to four thirty, and I, I warned them, like they know you know I've been you know, I've been doing this forever since we you know started dating, right? Um, so I'm like, I just got to keep an eye on my phone. Like we don't have to have it on the TV. You can put the soccer on the TV. I just got to keep an eye on my phone to keep the box scores and like Twitter and just see everything that's going on. Um, and I'm just following that Rams box score. And I'm like, holy crap, Darrell. H-. Like every five minutes I raise my head and like Darrell Henderson's got like 60 yards already. And it's halftime. And they just kind of like, oh, very good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> so that's, that was my, Darrell Henderson really made my Sunday and confused my in-laws a little bit. They really yeah, They're just I, like, why are you so happy? I'm like, we got so many cards of this guy, and this is Emery's guy. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I was, and I couldn't keep an. Uh, I was watching, you know, how I, I watch all the games, but there were certain games, like we spoke about last episode, that I have to watch the entire game. Yeah. Because I have to make sure I know what the right story is after the game. Like, imagine if I didn't watch that Ravens Chiefs game, you know, I and read what Twitter told me or and, and just saw highlights, I would have thought that you know, Lamar Jackson was just out there looking like a 13 year old throwing the football as opposed to him playing a bad game while also having drops by his receivers, you know? So I, I just also love how every, this new, this new narrative for Lamar first, it was, he can't throw. Right. And so he proved that wrong by winning the MVP. And then um, this year it's, uh, he can't throw outside the numbers, 20 yards down the field. Like, wow, they got real specific 
Um, and <laughs> and the other the the co narrative is, oh well, he's gonna have to play really well from the pocket this year. That's where he has to improve. I'm like, wow, this dude led the league in touchdown passes last year. What more do people have to see? Yeah, like uh, uh, I'm saying, why are we having this conversation, and why is this a, a, an indictment on him if they lose his game? But you know, that's what he has to throw. I mean, I re- I instantly remember him hitting. Marquise Brown last year to ice the game against the Cardinals. I remember him hitting Marquise Brown deep down the field on a beautiful rainbow in week one. What are they talking about down the field outside the numbers, outside the head? Like, wow. Like, it's amazing. So I had to watch the whole game. You're following. Maybe you just got to mute some people on Twitter. It's hard to mute the world. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> True. But, yeah, this is a weird – it's that, that, that group think – Buzzy narrative. Uh, they're not going to be happy till RG three is a starter. Or a change. Well, no, uh, they got a Trev Lawrence. That's the thing. You see it in Washington already. Like this. Like this man. This man, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne now, Haskins. granted, if he didn't throw those three intercepts, they win that game because Cleveland's offense couldn't really drive down the field. He created short fields for them, and he took complete advantage. But imagine being Dwayne Haskins, and your coach is telling you, "Well, there's a cutoff point," and you're out there with you know, McLaurin, Inman, Thomas, who was a quarterback, um, and Gandy Golden, and Antonio Gibson, and McKissick. And the dude across the field from you has OBJ, uh, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, and a very promising rookie in Harrison Bryant, and Dedrick Wills, a first-round left tackle, uh, you know, and a very good offensive line that was rebuilt. And you have to get it done because everybody wants to go to Alex Smith, who can't even walk without a limp and yeah. hasn't been cleared for contact. Yet Haskins is the problem. So I just, that's why I have to watch certain games. I have to make sure I get the right view on what happened. Well, you did say so. Like you said, like he made stupid mistakes, right? Like, yeah, he, he did. Is, is, were those just three bad passes or is that like something that the, he's the, gonna. It was the, the one I. The first one was the overthrow to Logan Thomas, but Logan Thomas is not the athlete that that a, a good elite tight end would be to make that a, a, a better uh, you know opportunity to, to haul in the reception or even bat the ball away. Um, it was almost like he was lumbering down the field, and Haskins probably thought he was going to take it up a little bit more instead of you know starting to bend it, and the ball was overthrown. Now it was it was a little it was overthrown, so that one I'm not as bad I'm not as concerned about, but it was the next two. You know, the the linebacker standing right there on a short route. And it's like, yo, he's standing in front of your guy and you still threw the ball. And then he made the same interception later in the game. It's like, man, that that's the one that like you can't make those throws. Those two were just like, dude, what are you doing? And so it would have been worse if he was the only one that had that day. But then you look around the league. Darnold had three interceptions. Well, Darnold's um, your other guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> again. Dar- Darnold's three interceptions. Uh, Murray had three picks. Daniel Jones had a Daniel Jones day. So, and I, I was trying to tell people like this is Haskins' tenth start or ninth start, and you know everybody wants to throw him away with uh, and get Lawrence because that's going to make Lawrence is going to make Logan Thomas more athletic. Lawrence is going to make Dontrell Inman you know have better uh, not catch the not double clutch the ball. Um, don't, he's gonna make. Don't you Antoine. dare speak ill of Dontrell Inman. He coach, he's good. He, I mean, 
Haskin found him twice in the end zone, so shout out to him. Golden's going to be good, though. I like uh, Gandy Golden. Um, but I just think that offense just has to – they really have to get better. And it's, it's a shame that the Ravens lost in the way they did because they're just going to beat the burgundy off Washington next week, and they're going to blame Haskins for not being better than the Baltimore Ravens. But you know what? Maybe all eyes will be on the Ravens. Haskins has an okay game, and uh, you know. No, Haskins. You can't have certain quarterbacks can't have okay games. Haskins has to be like Mahomes, because as much as everyone loves Mahomes, they hated him coming out of college. And if he strings together a couple of incompletions, they'll turn on him just like they turn on Lamar. They'll be saying, "Well, Mahomes has to do better in the middle of the field, forty yards down the field. He has to hit those passes." No. Yeah. I, I'm off the soapbox. No, it's fine. You So I was, uh, you know, I've gotten far too into football cards. I got to stop. But I mean, you, you know, I've got you a monthly budget. I'm staying within the budget. But okay. uh, I was looking at, so this is a, like a couple weeks ago, I was looking at RG3 um, and his cards. And you can get like his his graded 10 rookie card for like $12.99 now, which is less than the cost of the grading. Um, wow. Yeah. And I was sitting there I'm like, you know what? Like, they're, like, I'm not rooting against Lamar Jackson. But if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, RG3 comes in and he's just – he's Lamar Jackson, you know. And maybe – I know he's 30. He's not going to run as much. But um, that system is built for Lamar Jackson, so it would be similarly built, I guess, for RG3. Um, but anyway, I started reading more and more about – like, I, I was just forgetting, like, his, fr- his freshman year, his rookie year, was he was so good. Like, he ran for almost 900 yards. He was an all-pro. And then he got hurt. And then he got hurt again. Then he got concussed. And then fell into this thing. Like, he had that one year with the Browns that wasn't great. Um, and then just, you know, disappeared. Now he's a backup slash mentor or whatever. Wants to start again at some point. But, like, talk about some bad luck, man. Like, this guy, RG3 was going to be huge. He had the world at his fingertips. And I think now, that that's why people kind of, they worry about, A, Lamar Jackson getting hurt and the same thing happening and derailing him. And then, B, Dwayne Haskins on that same team being, like, another Big time Heisman guy who, you know, they, I think they forget about RG3's bad luck, but I think they're just like these the conflating of these players that, that kind of all go back to RG3. They all have something in common, though, that we're, we're tap dancing around. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but also, <laughs> but, but it was funny. Now, you, we'll throw Tim Tebow in there, too, then. How about that? Well, here's the thing about RG3. You look at RG3's story, and how is that any different than Sam Bradford? Who kept getting multiple opportunities to start? I guess you know, Brad, you know Bradford wasn't a run, he wasn't like electric, but he kept getting hurt. Yeah, but I mean he's like Jared Goff, you know what I mean? Like like the the hurts for the RG three hurts. Uh, oh, I see. Because people like Bradford kept getting the shots. Yeah, kept getting the shots despite I was him say, keep it's getting a hurt. Sadder story for RG three because like he was he's running, you know, he's electric. He could take over. Well, he's a video game. But this this that's the part that people and you see this with Cam Newton and you see it with Lamar Jackson. Um, just because I'm excellent. In one area, it doesn't mean I'm not excellent in another area. What made RG3 special was the fact that, yeah, he can also run, but he was straight line-ish, right? He had explosive straight line speed. But what made him special and why he was such a high pick, his accuracy was ridiculous at Baylor. And it was ridiculous his rookie season. So he people five interceptions his rookie season. Remember that? Exactly. And yeah. people saw him, and you saw this with Cam this year. People just assume. Well, if he can't run like he can, then he's terrible. But that's not what makes Cam Newton Cam Newton. We've seen guys that can just be just runners. But at some point, you have to throw to have success and inconsistent success. That's the difference between Tim Tebow and the guys that you mentioned. So I think people just focused on their running ability 
and dismiss their passing ability for how good it really was or is. And you see that with Lamar Jackson. Again, they talk about his running as if he didn't lead the league in touchdown passes last year. Right. Right. It's interesting, isn't it? It's it's poured the course for history in this country. I uh yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. That's a shame because well, that's why you're here, Emery. You and your yeah. big head, right? Balance, balance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell you what, uh, I, w- I want to get into a bunch more stuff. Uh, I know you don't. You gotta, you gotta jump early. So, um, maybe Austin Hooper. Uh, I really like. I don't. I want to know what's going on in Detroit. I want your take on that. Um, and then this whole Devontae Freeman Giants backfield. I'm hoping you know, as we get deeper into the season, that maybe Devontae Freeman gets a little more of the market share. Um, but before we do that. Uh, we're here because two companies decided that they wanted to sponsor the show and help us out and they like it and they keep coming back, uh, for more and more. So Manscaped and Roman are back. Um, and I'd like to give them the proper due for, uh, for giving us this platform here. So fantasy football season is upon us. Good times being had by all our partners at Manscaped. Excuse me. Our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. Lester Emery Hunt, who's a very good gambler, we've learned over the over the course of two seasons. By the way, we'll get back to this after the Manscaped ad, too. Emery Hunt says Arkansas's going to cover that spread, and they did by .5. And I put $15 on it because uh, I trust my friend. So anyway, uh, when, it, <laughs> when it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is the best. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. I think we know what that means. Uh, they just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower Performance Boxer Briefs and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. Some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, which is a spray-on toner and is made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. For a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. I don't know if it's chafing or chafing. I think it's chafing. Chafing. It's chafing, chafing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chafing. Anyway. <laughs> Get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash theathletic. That's 20% off with free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash theathletic. It's time to boost your hygiene, the absolute besties, with Manscaped. And now for our friends from Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash fantasyfootball and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash FantasyFootball today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash FantasyFootball 
GetRoman.com slash fantasy football. More with Emory Hunt after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we're back. Shout out to Manscaped and Roman. Good people. Real good people. Right? Very good people. Um, Emery, I don't know where you want to go next, man. We got some choices. You said you had questions. Let's let's get them out. Let's try to get them out. All right. Well, listen. You know, Devontae Freeman's kind of near and dear to my heart because okay. uh, I picked him up in a bunch of places. You know, I'm looking at a lot. Like Saquon Barkley's out for the season. They obviously don't like Wayne Gallman. Uh, it seems like they want to keep Deion Lewis in a complimentary role. So in comes Devontae Freeman. Uh, and I get you know, like he had to go through the COVID thing. He, first, how about this? What's it like jumping right in? If you're Devontae Freeman, and you had like what, like five days between the visit and the game. <laughs> like what like do you just learn the, is that why he did, played like i think 15 snaps is it because he had to learn the playbook they just ran him out there for the simplest plays and like all right let's let's ease you into this yeah that's why they did it that way it was shocking because it was like man i felt like he had a really good game then you look at the box score at the end of the game it's like he's only had five carries for 10 yards so like but it felt good um so i do see him as he get more in football shape which is a thing here uh, he has to get more football shape and I think they'll trust him more with the offense. I think he's going to be the pace setter in the run game. So I feel comfortable with him uh, toward the, the you know the middle of the end of the season. If you're looking at your fantasy team, and I know you have several of them, several. Yeah, would you? I mean, would you want if you had to throw Darrell Henderson, Devontae Freeman, and Cam Akers into a mini ranking of who, you know, by like week nine, ten, eleven, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving. Uh, Who's the guy who, when the dust settles on the season, you're gonna be like, man, that, that was that was the guy. That guy won me my title. Henderson and then Akers probably in more of a flex, but the Giants are gonna be in a unique situation because of you know their uh, passing game or offense. You know, is I just don't trust their situation. I do think he'll be a productive, you know, running back there. But if I had to choose between him, Akers, and Henderson, I'm taking the two Rams. Man, that's not good for Devontae Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> Giants are a mess, right? They're not as much of a mess as the Jets are, but I think a lot of it is, is you know, Joe Judge's approach, and it's that, you know, high school, college type coaching style just doesn't work in the NFL. You really have to treat these guys like pros, and, and you have to have a plan because everybody in the NFL has talent. So, therefore, on game day, coaching decides a lot of what you see as opposed to talent as it would in college. Man, you know what? You know what would be awesome that you should do? What? Uh, you should watch Ted Lasso, and you should live tweet it. <laughs> I kind of – I have to watch the show. I do love – I find myself liking the commercials. Dude, it's, it's it might be one of my most favorite shows, like my top ten most favorite shows like the last ten years right now. Really? Yeah. Like you just – you leave every episode just like feeling good. Um I don't know, and like I love it. There's like it's it's genuinely funny. It's the guy who made Scrubs, so I guess there's a little bit of that in there. But it's about a you know a, a football coach who gets hired by a European soccer team to coach them, and it's you know it's because I think you like it because of the coach stuff, man. It's like 
the coaching translates. You know what I mean? And in this last episode, the guy's like, this worked in college. Like, we didn't care about the wins or losses. We just want to make good guys because it was college. He goes, these are professionals. you got to start treating them like that. The wins matter. So, <laughs> I don't know. It just made me think of that whole thing. Well, that, but that's true, though. Like, people's like, oh, man, you want to – man, you, you need to – these guys are good in locker room. They're good. You know, they're good outside of locker room. Like, hey, man, listen. I hear you, but I need to win. So I just need you to be a, a model citizen in this building and on the field on game day. If you do anything outside of that, A, that's on you. Yeah. But but I need you to be good here. That's my main concern because <laughs> if you're not good here, I won't be here. Right. And I like my good paying job. Uh, is Adam Gase going to make it past – Week four? No. No. Broncos will slaughter the Jets in New York. I know they travel west to east. I know that's a thing for for, for many. Not for me, but. Not for you? No. All right. Well, even sitting on a plane doesn't affect your play? No. No, not when when you're playing the Jets and they're punchless (laughs) offense. How about the turf? Oh, San Francisco still had issues with the turf? I mean, you saw what happened with poor Jordan Reed. That's Jordan Reed, though. Yeah, that's true. I think that would have happened, you know, on a cloud. I feel, I feel like it's where he, like, I don't know. What is the problem with the turf? Do you understand it? Like, it's, it just hasn't been broken in yet? or was it Yeah, I think poorly? because it's, yeah, it's, it's new. And so, You've and it didn't turf. have. You haven't been on the new turf. I haven't been on a new turf. And, you know, it just, when it's new, I guess it just feels different. It feels tight. It doesn't give. It doesn't feel soft or whatever. Um, and I think that's the issue. Because, remember, they hadn't had preseason on it, you know. Right. Is that a psychological thing for the Broncos, maybe? Just a little bit? Like enough, you know, to be like, whoa. Like I'm, you know, we're already hurt. We're already missing a couple guys. We already got a a torn ACL. Like, uh, let's just watch ourselves on this terrible turf that's produced all these injuries so far. They just watched the Giants get ran over by the 49ers who complained about the turf, complained loudly after they blew out the Jets and they came back on that same turf and blew out the Giants. There's nothing wrong with the turf. Just want to make sure. Had to ask. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with the Lions? Why Adrian Peterson seemed to be fading away, and all of a sudden he's a starting running back again. And all these people who were very hard on DeAndre Swift are just kind of shrugging, being like, oh, I guess dude wanted to go back to Adrian Peterson. I guess because, you know, the coach. He's one of those Bill Belichickian guys that, hey, you, you, you fumbled the football, you cost our team the game, I'm going to banish you to Siberia until you've earned the right to, to wear this uniform, you know, some Ted Lasso type stuff, right? You earned the right to wear this uniform on his football team. Like, bro, get over <laughs> yourself. You drafted this dude high. Play him. He's going to make more plays than uh, he he screws up. But Peterson also has to give them a reason to put him on the side. And Peterson's just super, super productive. There That's was one wrong. play in that game like, like, where Peterson was – he made this dude miss in the open field. I'm like, yo, how do you allow that to happen? He Even at his physical peak, he wasn't elusive. Yet you find yourself getting – Shaking out your shoes by a dude that's like 36 years old with no agility, even more so now. Like, that was just embarrassing. It was one of those runs early in the game. But Adrian Peterson is ageless. Yeah, he is. Right. He works out real well, man. Uh, you know, I want to bring it. We don't talk a ton about dynasty leagues, but it, I mean, in a way, it is your wheelhouse. Um, Are you, anyone- am I allowed to say that? Because I don't want to get a big head. Uh, well, I'm giving it to you. So I'll okay. let it be known. I'm giving Emery the big head. He's not talking about himself. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings online. <laughs> what if that guy <laughs> listens to the podcast? So? 
If you don't know what we're talking about, check out Emery's article uh, today on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash fantasy football pods. Dollar a month. Best deal out there. It literally is the best deal out there. Unless you get it as a gift, which would be free. Um, anyway, uh, is there anyone like who's practice squatting? And I'm asking this now because I'm paying, we're doing the depth charts and I'm paying way more attention to the guys who are called up and brought down all the time. And I'm like, you know, Jets called up Lawrence Cager. I'm like, who's this guy? And so I Googled <laughs> him and went very deep on him. You know, six foot five kind of physical guy. Caught some passes last week, this week, whenever it was. Um, you know, Reggie Bonifon. Uh, your guy. That's dude, your guy. I, he got sent back down. He's he's back on the practice squad. <laughs> uh, you know, dude on the Bears. Like, is there is there someone that you're looking at? Maybe two or three or one, whatever, whatever the answer is. Who you know, maybe like six seven weeks from now, can be contributing, and someone would be like, well, who's this guy? And we're just gonna save him the time right now, so you know who they are. You don't have to look them up. You just grab them. Are there some situations or some players who are just too good to be constrained by the practice squad? I like how you put that. One guy that immediately jumps out is the Saints. Uh, Marquez Calloway, I talked about him before. This dude is just way too good. He's on the active roster, but he's one that that you want to keep an eye on because their passing game is struggling, uh, to put it nicely, and like Joe Namath. Uh, but I think when you look at him on the practice squad, he's one of those guys that's going to get called up. Um, and I, I think moving forward, the Ravens will find a way to get James Prochet and Devin Duvernay involved in the offense. Uh, because if I see you know, Willie Snead hop out there one more time and Chris Moore, it, that's a problem. You drafted those two young guys for a reason. We saw Duvernay pay dividends late last night, um, you know, with the kickoff return. Proche is a, is a good punt returner, so he has shiftiness. Those two guys are your slot guys, so you can play catch and run all night long, um, in my opinion. And in uh, I would also say in Detroit, Detroit has a, another guy that can that you can toss into the mix, I believe, and that's their tight end, you know, um, Hunter Bryant. You just got to find ways to get him more involved in the offense. And remember, he was one of our undrafted free agent gems that ended up making a team. Now they got to find ways to get him on the field. Who's our guy from the XFL? Uh, what was the tight end? Oh, um, oh, yeah, the tall guy. Yeah. Uh, Parham. Yeah, yeah, it was Daniel Parmenta. It was Daniel Parham Jr., right? Donald Parham. Donald Parham Jr., yeah. What are he's doing? I know. Let's see. Yeah, right. We can look at we got we got some, we got some yeah we got we do, the, do the walking. But again, I, you know, Parham has to be he has to be active, and he hasn't been he hasn't yeah, been out yet. there yet. Chargers. Yeah. PJ Walker still backing up Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. Quietly, here's what people. This is this is what I'm talking about. Like Bridgewater is having his best season so far of his career. He has his highest completion percentage of his career. The thing that people knocked him for religiously, his yards per attempt is at his highest in his career is 8.4 when he was averaging 7.3. And he has his highest yards per game, 290, than he's ever had, and his highest QBR and passer rating in his career. Yet all you see is clips around, oh, man, he threw this pass in the flat to Samuel when he probably should have tried to fit it in there in the end zone in between the two defenders to this receiver right here, and that would have been a score. Like, bro, y'all won the game, <laughs> and this dude is playing – Exactly. Like what? It, but that's the that's the certain quarterbacks have that level of scrutiny because they already want the next best thing, which is insert quarterback that that looks like Trevor Lawrence. So they want Trevor Lawrence. They want you know one of those. They they love. They would rather bank on hope than productivity. When productivity gets you wins. 
Um, would you even like to get into the Chargers quarterback situation? We only have four minutes till you got to go. What you want to ask? Uh, who's the starter when uh, Tyrod Taylor's healthy? I mean, it has to be. I think it is going to be Herbert. Herbert hasn't proved to be a liability. You know, yeah, he's he's got an elongated release, so he's allowing the he's it's like Tannehill in that regard, where he's allowing himself to get hit. When if he just quicken his release, um, or which is his decision making, he can get the ball out quicker and avoid a lot of those unnecessary shots. But he hasn't proved to be a liability. They were in position to win both games. Now maybe a veteran can push them over the top, but if if it's even. Then you go with the young guys. So I think it's going to be Herbert moving forward. That sucks, man. Tyrod Taylor. Hey, you talk about Troy Smith. You talk about Tyrod Taylor. Those unfortunate injuries at the worst time. Like uh, Troy Smith was slated to start Flacco's rookie year. He gets mono and (laughs) Flacco starts and and becomes one of the best in in Ravens history. Man. Yeah, and Tyrod Taylor gave way to Baker Mayfield, who is your second favorite quarterback, I think, behind Sam Darnold, right? He just needs more help and weapons. Yeah. So there's a few more pro bowlers out there. It's, uh, well, on that note, Emery, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to go. Um, anything you want to sign off with? Hey, man, pay your taxes, you know, wear your mask, <laughs> root for the Cajuns, and, and uh, just keep remembering that football is an easy game. If And a lot of times you guys out there in fantasy football world understand what you're seeing is true don't overthink it you're making the right choices and um you know you'll be fine like a lot of people are smarter than what you know people in our industry give them credit for and i think you know fans need to realize that like hey man should i should i start should i start daryl henderson or uh you know pierre thomas this week like bro why are you asking that question you know who to start start that dude you know (laughs) He's a star. Should, St- should I start D- Stefan Diggs or uh, Willie Sneed this week? Like, bro, I am not even answering that question, man. Like, you figure it out. <laughs> Best fantasy expert out there <laughs> for that reason alone. <laughs> uh, Emery Hunt, man. Tuesdays with Emery. Good times had by all. Make sure you check him out. F Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Check out Football Game Plan. Uh, and I think the, the scouting profiles are still available if anyone wants to check those out grab yourself a copy because a lot of these players you've seen pop up emory has written about so uh thank you very much for listening for attending this class for the great emory hunt i'm nada defino we'll see you next time